After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. It's Puffy Baby Mon. So pink. So puffy. Should we take him clubbing with us? <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Uh, how you doing, Vives? I'm good. There's a lot of hilarity in that drop. was. I started fading the wrong thing. I almost... Almost stuck the landing, but not quite. <laughs> um, I'm excited about today's show. We are um, exploring the idea of employees in commercials. Yes. What I have found is that when a company done bad, uh, they try to make they try to make it right by having their employees say like, "Please don't don't put us out of work." I think that what triggered this idea was there's this Amazon, we'll play it in a second, but there's this Amazon commercial that's playing right now that features a bunch of um, warehouse workers, yes. specifically, you know, not the coders, Turns not out the people they who love work it. here in Seattle. Yeah, and they are just telling everybody how much they love working at Amazon, which is weird because it's not a recruitment commercial. It doesn't end with a call to action like, hey, we're looking for new employees. It's purely PR because, well... Amazon doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to uh, treating its warehouse workers well. So that's what got us thinking about it. And we'll explore some other commercials that use uh, employees. And I think in almost every case, they are real employees. But we can explore whether or not some of them are actors. I, I tried employees. to uh, filter for uh, for anything that was not on the up and up. But you never know. I will um, suggest one show title today. It could be. Hey, I just work here. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's our working title right now. If anybody has any good ideas, uh, send them in to us. That's not going to work that way. No. Okay. You got to come up with the name <laughs> today. Um, plus, I'm pretty excited for the return of Andy's Corner. I don't use foul language, and I don't like to hear anyone else use it either. In today's Andy's Corner, I'm going to tell you how we were apparently just ahead of the curve on something. I'm very excited about this. We are not usually a breaking news podcast yes. or even a this wouldn't even be breaking news. This would be almost like a, we were like kind of think fluencers. Yes. No, that's not think fluencers. Is that the word I was looking for? The made up word I was like, looking for? Or did I just imagineer that word? I think you imagineered it. <laughs> but we were certainly thought leaders on this one. Thought leaders. I like that. Uh, and then we will check in with you guys. The Ad Council. Um, somebody sent me an amazing commercial that I was like, oh my God, this is going to, this is going to blow up. This is the new hot commercial. Turns out it's from 2009 and somehow I missed it. So I don't think we were even doing this show. No, we weren't. Well, we clearly weren't doing the show 10 years ago, but, um, I also wonder if there's a time when we weren't watching television. Was that maybe before we had cable? Not really. We had cable in 2009, right? We just moved to Seattle. Well, it looks like this was a pretty, uh, a pretty well-regarded commercial, and I watched it today with fresh virgin eyes, and it had me dying. So anyway, we'll play that. Maybe a bunch of you will remember it. But uh, let's start with what I'm calling, hey, I just work here. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody wants a new All right. 
right, V, if you want to start with this uh, Amazon commercial that we were just talking about. Yes, this is the one that kicked it all off because it's been in heavy rotation. Um, this is uh, this is just a bunch of Amazon uh, fulfillment center workers who are talking to the camera and they're really sharing all the things that they like about their job. But it's almost as if it's like a point by point rebuttal to the negative, the terrible negative PR that Amazon has drawn for the way that they treat their workers. Um, we can play it here um, and we'll I'll talk you through it a little bit. But then I want to talk about this New Yorker article from uh, just uh, just a few weeks ago, actually, November 4th. Uh, that uh, is a tour of the Amazon Fulfillment Center that is featured in this ad. Oh, okay. Just by, I think, by coincidence. And, and Do the writers know it, though, at publication time? No, the ad's not really in the referenced in the, the article at all, but I just think it's an interesting uh, confluence. How do you know it's the same exact uh, warehouse? Great, great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I was curious about the T-shirt that a bunch of these people are wearing in the commercial. They're like, they're very distinctive T-shirt. It's like a blue or black shirt that has like a clearly a logo on it. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe it was like a union. A union. I was yeah. like, that's strange. Like Amazon's so yeah. anti-union. Like I can't believe that they would allow people to be wearing union, you know, regalia in in an ad. So I looked up what it said. S uh, SMF1. So I looked that up and kind of like Googled around and figured out that's the name of this where this particular warehouse. Interesting. In San Francisco, SF? Yeah, it's uh, actually it's um, Sacramento. And oh, okay. SMF is the name of the nearby oh, airport. SMF, okay. Um, and so SMF, it's kind of like, you know, SFO or, yeah, sure. or C SeaTac or whatever. Like SMF just signifies sort of like that locality. And then that the next one, I assume it's the one... Uh, fulfillment center or it could be their shift maybe not i don't know maybe um but it's interesting because it really does look like a union some sort of mm -hmm. union logo i mean i think it's intentionally meant yeah. to evoke that yeah and i wonder if amazon was like being a little sneaky and trying to signal or, or make people think that the people here have some sort of worker protection oh, um that they don't really have because oh, who's going God. as deep on this as me, right? Like, right. not hardly anybody. Um, it's just the type of thing that a lot of people would... I didn't notice the shirts when I saw this. Um, but watch but if right, you don't it, see it, it looks yeah. sort of union-y. I'm looking at a, a still of it right now, and it does. Like, that's what I think I even said, yes, yeah, kind of union-y. And so that is... I can't even think of what the word is for what that is. Yeah, and I mean... Crafty and... It feels evil. It's very crafty, and I mean, nothing that happens in this commercial is accidental. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's take a listen to this. We work really hard, and we're kind of intense. We sweat, we bust our butt, and if I didn't enjoy what I was doing, I wouldn't be here. That's total bullshit. People have hard jobs all over that they don't enjoy, but they do it because we have to eat. Yeah. As human beings, we need to make money. And the benefits were excellent. I've never had full dental and vision and medical or any of that stuff. And I got that right out of the gate, first day. It's a really trans-friendly company. My manager has been a really big advocate for me. You're going to pay for me to go to school so I can eventually leave the company? Like, that's insane. I feel like um, they're trying to show a diverse group of people. Obviously, you heard from the trans person there saying that, like, um, the company has been good to them. Uh, one of the people in the commercial has blue hair. That's not some sort of huge shocking thing. But I feel like this oh, is... Oh, it's intentional. Yeah, yeah, this is very aimed at kind of, like, liberal thinking people who might dye their hair blue. <laughs> Did you notice that one of the women said, um, you know, we work hard, we bust our butt, we yeah. sweat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So this is from this New Yorker article, and, and most you'll as you if you can see here, I've highlighted most of it. Uh-huh. Um, but interestingly, um, this is this is about but written by Anna Anna Weiner, who went on a tour without announcing herself as a journalist. She just went on the tour that's available to the public oh, okay. of this thing because she wanted to see how they still it's a still public it's a still a public relations tour. It's not yeah. like they show something to the public that a reporter could never see. Um, but she kind of gets into after that all the things that Amazon has done to try to um, humanize itself, uh, which she writes have come off as stilted and generic. For example, um, in August, uh, it started in August, it received a wave of negative of a t- negative attention for the Twitter accounts it created um, that were like sort of. Oh yeah, fulfillment center ambassadors is what they call yes, themselves. Yes, yes. I watched a bunch of tr- uh, a bunch of Twitter wars between yeah. other people, like trying to take them down, saying you're literally getting paid to say exactly. This. So they're they're people who they try to they tried to sort of astroturf this idea that oh people love working in the warehouse, tweeting things like sweating while working is common at any job. One ambassador mm-hmm. tweeted. So the, they're very, I think they're very sensitive to the idea that um, people don't like sweating their balls off while doing, filling, you know, your Amazon order. Yeah, because the temperatures in these uh, warehouses have been described yes. as being pretty oppressive. Check out this. I just want to read a bunch of Amazon sins here. Um, in late September, a group called Amazonians United Sacramento, which I assume is workers who work in this warehouse, um, United uh, got together to protest their internal policies. Uh, they coalesced after an employee at DSM One, which is in West Sacramento, uh, took time off to mourn her mother and was promptly fired upon return, having overdrawn her leave balance by one hour. Oh my God! Because her bereavement leave hadn't started yet. Oh my God! Um, they are tons and tons of stories about overwork, physical exhaustion, subpar facilities, productivity firings for people who don't meet their quotas. And yet when you go on the tour, when you go on the like little PR tour, um, they make sure that you see somebody um, being nudged by their mach- by the computer that's bossing them around, basically, uh, to take a fifth every 40 minutes. Uh, they are encouraged to take a productivity break. Oh, I'm sorry, a mind and body break. Uh, so the screens will tell the workers like time for a mind and body break. Yeah, and do you think that the, it's only the workers who are like kind of on display? Anything's possible because what you hear is that it, like mind and body breaks notwithstanding, like you yeah. better make your picking quota. Yeah, it's like right? uh, yeah, it reminds me of five minutes of rage. She described it as having like having gone to to and seen an industrial chicken farm for the first time. Oh man. Um, so this, I highly recommend this article. Uh, you can usually get a couple of free articles out of the New Yorker if you don't go there too often. It's called um, "What a Tour of an Amazon Fulfillment Center Reveals." It, you just mentioned. Would she say it's like a chicken farm? Like going to see an industrial chicken farm for the first time. Can that lead us to this next commercial? <laughs> yes, that you I found? think it's actually a perfect segue. Which I, for Sanderson I, Farms? Have you heard of Sanderson Farms before? Or were you just googling around and found this? I was guy? just googling around. This I got to by looking at iSpot and just putting in the search term employees. Okay, and so I don't know what Sanderson Farms is. If this is a it's national an industrial ad. chicken, it's an agribusiness. They do you know chicken, basically their chicken supplier. Okay, let me just. Pull 
play this one and then we can discuss it. You're going to hear from a bunch of different employees. I think most of them will identify what their roles are in the company. If it's not specific enough, I'll jump in. But I think you'll get it. As they're talking, you're seeing them do their jobs like driving a truck, walking through an egg picking, you know, haul or whatever. Yeah. And I think the first guy is a um, he's like a a veterinarian, I think, like Mm -hmm. the chief corporate veterinarian or something was the the, his uh, title and he's kind of like walking through stacks and stacks of eggs at samson farms we produce chicken for your family and ours being a veterinarian the most important concern that i have is the well-being of our flock i'm proud to work here because everyone here makes chicken first priority I love what I do. The people, opportunity, stability, growth, I wouldn't miss a day. Our dedicated team takes pride in exceeding customer expectations and delivering a quality product from our family to yours. We think of our customers as family. That's just who we are. That's the Sanderson way. That's the Sanderson way. I'll tell you what. If Quick question. <laughs> what did we not see one single one of in that ad? Well, I saw your notes, so I know that you're what you're getting at here. Um, if they care so much about their chickens, show us how they're kept. Oh, wait, you can't, because I'm sure it is a factory farm. And, and right. kind of, I started this show by saying when a company has been bad, they make the employees uh, carry the water of trying to, like, rehabilitate them. Uh-huh. And I would bet you, I would bet the, I'd bet Sanderson Farms that that they are a factory farm like the ch- those chickens are you know housed in w- that they're warehoused and horrible conditions the veterinaries that the vets you know protestations notwithstanding um and that this is their way of trying to get trying to in the same way that the amazon thing is like oh we like to sweat we get, mm-hmm. get good benefits it's okay to be trans you know they're trying to like get ahead of or refute the things that they are being dinged for in PR. Yeah, I am just doing some Googling as we talk here. This is from 2016. No, I'm sorry, that commercial is from 2016. This is a story from 2017. Sanderson Farms faces lawsuit over toxic contamination of 100% natural chicken. Um, Let's see here. Anything else? Sanderson Farms... Uh, Sanderson Farms gets a Department of Justice subpoena in chicken price fixing case. <laughs> I also uh, saw a headline that said their chickens have tested po- positive for ketamine. Oh, yeah. That's, what is this? That's pretty intense. Yeah, no kidding. I don't want to run into that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sanderson Farms chicken tested positive for ketamine and other drugs. That's from delish.com. So, yeah, clearly this is a company that has all kinds of issues. Yeah, although to Price be fair, fixing? I would bet you that almost any agribusiness is going to have a spate of lawsuits against yeah, it. Not, yeah. to, not to write Sanderson Farms a pass. I'm sure they're terrible, but I mean, I think all kind of all the way we get our food is probably pretty terrible. Now, not all of these commercials are rehabilitation commercials, but there, since we're kind of on that theme right now, let's go to the one that you had last. Do you mind jumping yeah, around? Jump because, around this seemed, because then we can talk about ways that employees are used when they're not trying to cover up a scandal or rehabilitate an image. And this, of course, is a Papa John's commercial. You know, obviously, Papa John, um, what's his name, John? We're just talking about him on the other podcast recently. I can't remember his last name right now. But the guy that we know is Papa John's. I'm sorry. 
I said that wrong. The shit heel that we know as Papa John uh, recently gave an interview saying how John ter- Schnatter Schnatter right. He was uh, pushed out of the company after a couple of very public is missteps the right word. You know he's a he's like a very he's conservative, like a human MAGA hat. Yeah, exactly. He's a conservative Trump voting uh, Trump supporting fundraising guy, and um, he decided to just publicly say that pizza sales were down during football games because of the um, kneeling scandal. Because of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, because you know, obviously football players were, were kneeling during the national anthem to call attention to pr- police brutality against African Americans. And, um, and so he said, yeah, ever since they started doing this protest, you know, people aren't watching the football games anymore and our pizza sales are down during games. And by the way, other pizza companies jumped in and said, uh, ours are fine, Papa. Yeah. Calm, calm your jets. Cool your jets. Um, and then he ends up getting ousted from the company because he, he uses the N-word during a conference call. Like, you know, imagine how many people are on a Papa John's conference call meeting, right? And he used it like... I, I can't remember. He was using it like he was referring to sure. the word. He wasn't, like, calling somebody the word. But still, like... You, yeah. Don't do that. Like, anyway, so he gets ousted. He's been personally on the defensive. Did you watch that interview with him? No. Do you have any idea what I'm even talking about? I remember when this happened. About a week ago, he gave an interview and he was like saying oh, maybe how I seen the it. company, which is now being run by the person who also runs Arby's, like, he's like, this guy isn't in the pizza space. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and there's one line that stood out that everybody was making fun of, which is he says he's been just like ordering tons of Papa John's pizzas. Uh, and just to taste them and test them and prove that the quality is down. And there's a line where he just says, I've ordered 40 pizzas in the past 30 days. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> there's all kinds of <laughs> internet remixes of it just getting closer and closer to his face as he repeats that line. Anyway, that was that's the scandal. Um, I did not ever see this commercial. This is called Voices of Papa John's. This came out back in 2018, right after he would have been ousted and a new leader uh, installed. And... Anything you want to say about this before I hit play? You're just seeing a lot of people, uh, mostly franchisees, franchise owners. So in other words, the sort of, you know, they're fairly blameless. They just bought a Papa John's franchise because they wanted to make a living. Um, they're, they don't own the corporation and they don't, uh, they certainly don't speak for him. I think there might be a few corporate employees in there too, Mm -hmm. but all of them are just speaking directly to camera in front of a white background. Okay, let's take a listen to this. Little smile. This is my first commercial. (laughs) You've heard one voice of Papa John's for a long time. It's time you heard from all of us. My name is Samir Merchant, and I'm a franchise owner since 2005. My name is Brant Barnes, and I've been a franchisee for 13 years. I'm Kirsten Bates, the general manager of Papa John's in Southfield, Michigan. When I'm out in the community, I engage people, and they know me as a Papa John's guy. We take pride in getting to celebrate special occasions, you know, whether it's birthday parties or retirement parties or anniversaries. Pizza usually gets invited to the party. It is amazing how few white people they have working at Papa John's. Incredible. With the exception of one... a very diverse company. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost starting to worry that they're discriminating against white people. Yeah. The fact that all of these people are people of color. It's real weird. That's amazing. Yeah. Boy, all the more that I'm surprised that Papa John would have used the N-word on a, on a conference 
Given how diverse this company clearly yeah. is. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that they would have ousted him. Pizza is <laughs> delicious, especially when you got the better ingredients. I tell my team to, to make every pizza as if they're making it for the favorite person in their life. We want to personally invite you to our Papa John's. Every single one of you. Everyone. Everyone. From now on, you'll hear more of our voices. Our voices. Because we believe we are better together. All of us. And all of you. At the end, it kind of rolls uh, through like Papa Daniels, Papa Denise, right, Papa like, whoever's, and then it's Papa not really John's. Papa John's pizza. Yeah. So all these lovely franchisees who I'm sure are lovely people. And to be clear, I mean, I think it is clear, but like obviously, you and it's I so believe very strongly in diversity, and yeah, you know, of course. I don't like it as window dressing. Yeah, bringing d- diversity into hiring practices and, and thinking about that. But like, yeah, this is just so. Like you say, corporate window dressing that is galling. Yeah, and it's just, it really, and I look, on one hand, um, I understand a franchisee's motivation to be part of this commercial that, like, their business depends on someone like me deciding to order a pizza and not thinking, like, well, I'm not going to support that racist fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I understand someone, I understand their they are being legitimately motivated to say like, no, I, you know, like I run a small business in my town and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the way I run my business and we just do, you know, we do a good job. Please don't take it out on us. I can understand that, you know, that as a narrative. Um, I don't like, I guess it sort of, it sort of depends to me on like where this originated. Like, was this something that the franchisees said, like, hey, we need to, like, push back on this? Or was this corporate saying, like, hey, franchisees, you need to carry this water for us because we're in trouble? I assume it was the latter. That, you know, corporate was kind of like, how do we get yeah, in front of this? Not probably. even get in front of this. How do we get be, How do we clean this mess up? Yeah, how do up? we start to mop this up? Yeah, that, that would be my guess. I don't know. I still think that it's fairly effective and it's an effective version of a thing that we've seen before you know um i found a local news story um or i think this is a daily beast news story about this recent interview with papa john which makes me think that they're going to have the choice bits from it can i play a little sure. bit of it for Speaking you of puffy baby man this dude yeah. is puffed i guess those 40 pizzas are really taking their toll and he's um he's qu- he's quite uh I feel like he's pretty shiny, sweaty during the interview, too, which is always something when you have an embattled company president or yeah. outfit president. You know, they tell the makeup people, like, go light up. Yeah. <laughs> I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days, and it's not the same pizza. Rob Lynch, um, he's never been a CEO. He has no pizza experience. He's never been in the pizza category. I love that. I would just say, stay tuned. The day of reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight now? I mean, what is it about the record that's not straight? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, what does that even mean? The day of reckoning will come? <laughs> Stay tuned. Like, what did you go to Dr. Evil school for? That, that's called you got management? nothing. Oh, my God. I love that question, too. What is the record not straight on? Let's straighten it up right now. Yeah. Wait for it. My favorite You'll part see. is after that, they cut back to all the anchors sitting just at their la- anchor desk and they're just laughing they're losing their it. ass off. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. But so, also happier employee stories. Yeah. So some of these are now just kind of ways um, creative companies have tried to integrate employees into their commercials. You know, one that we don't have on here, although we've talked about it before, is the um, 
sausage company where they had the yeah. employees we've talked about it before we so just that's talked fine. about it before and i just didn't want to like rehash it but um but I'm yeah they, sorry that i can't remember I, I think it's i think it's uh pepper it's not pepperidge farm but they, they invite the employees to come up with ideas for their own commercial oh yeah johnsonville brats right yeah um so that's kind of a good example of you know, using real employees in a fun way. Yeah. I don't think they were trying to rehabilitate their image or anything. This one, I also think we've played on the show before, and it is so hard to describe if you, or at least, I'm not good with words. The listeners know that. <laughs> this is for uh, a new Jack Daniels. I don't know if it's new or not, but for a, a Jack Daniels. A couple years um, old. Yeah, kind of spin-off booze called Gentleman Jack that is kind of advertised as a, as kind of a, just a cut above Jack Daniels. Yeah, Jack Daniels uh, relies a lot on their roots as like the Lynchburg, Tennessee. Um, that's where they're from, right? Um, the, uh, like their roots of like in, in this one small town where so many people who who work at the uh, distillery and, and bottling factory are locals and like they're really just one big family. Um and and their their connections to Lynchburg as a community have always been part of their brand. I mean, I I think that actually like predates even this ad campaign. So a lot of their ads, including this one that we're going to play, really revolve around the, those those ties and the the way that the way that the people interact with each other and the company. There's one that I like. I think we have talked about that one. I, I thought maybe I thought we hadn't talked about this one, where they do kind of they have a set of chairs sitting out in a field somewhere, and they. They talk about all the people like these are these are all the people who were born in this town and they and then you know these are all the people who root for this football team and then they show some subset and they kind of do like all these different like permutations of the people in the town um, like this is the one woman who's named Hiawatha something or other um, just to kind of show that like these are real people with real lives who make and and are supported by this alcohol company, mm-hmm. right? An entire town that's basically yeah. revolves around, like everybody's got a job at the booze factory. Yeah, or know someone who does, right? And Which it's like no shame in that. Th- Highlight it. No, I think that's right, and I think too, like reminding people that I don't know who owns Jack Daniels if they're owned by some big conglomerate, but at least connecting it with the idea that it's a an authentic and historical and job providing uh, company is a good. It's a good branding move for them. Mm-hmm. They're owned by something called the Brown Foreman Corporation, yeah, you know but they've been owned by them shocked. since 1956, though. So it doesn't seem like it's a more of a like modern conglomeration situation. No, maybe it is then. Maybe it's more just like the name, their corporate, their incorporated name or something. Yeah, I'm looking to see here um, if they. Uh, founded in 1870 by George Garvin Brown, Brown Foreman Corporation has enriched the experience of life by uh, responsibly building fine quality beverage brands. What are the brands, my friend? What are the brands? Lay it on me. Um, I can't figure they that out. They probably own some other brands. But anyway, yeah. sounds like they were kind of the original one, uh, at least. So this one. Well, probably not, if they bought them up in 1956, I believe Jack Daniels has oh, been around predates, before. 56, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, Clearly, Jack Daniels is trying. Like they're not taught. They're, you will not hear any mention of Brown Foreman Corporation mm-hmm. in uh, right in this ad. Right. Okay. So this is where it's really hard. They own a bunch of distilleries, Wood, Woodford Reserve, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't seem like they are just cranking out a million different boozes that we all see. You know what I right. mean? They're not also owning 
uh, absolute vodka and every other mid-level uh, booze on the grocery store shelves. Um, so this is for Gentleman Jack, and they're showing a bunch of employees, but instead of being you know blue collar looking wearing jeans good and country folk jean vests and jean shirts <laughs> um, jean shoes and jean, jean socks shoes and a nice little jean hat um they're showing a bunch of people i don't know how to describe this it's like very formal american gothic yeah. sort of is that how you describe it I like absolutely this first would, yeah. shot is a woman in like kind of a uh, almost like a, a a ball gown that is draping on the ground. She's sitting next to a man in a fancy suit uh, with a, uh, a jacket resting on his shoulders. But all of the scenes are very kind of gothic and dark and kind yeah, of look shot, like they're shot around the dis- behind the distillery. It's shot in this dark, dark palette but with warm highlights. And it just feels very like... Um, it feels like a kind of like old style luxury. And they're all like um, just standing very still. They're not still shots, but everybody's just standing very still looking at the camera um, with their backs very straight, yeah. right? And very arch. These are the people who make Gentleman Jack cultured, refined, as smooth as the whiskey itself. Who does the um, covers for Vanity Fair? Is that Annie Leibovitz? Um, Who's I, the famous photographer who like stages all of those elaborate? I think that's Annie Leibovitz. It sort of has that sort of vibe yeah. a little bit. Just kidding. They're the same folks who make old. Oh, there's the jeans. Oh. They take the Look at all the jeans. Look at all that denim. Gentleman Jack. Like a denim Extra party. Smooth. From the makers of Jack Daniels. You can hear the music as the music changes. Yeah. You can, you can hear who these people really are. I don't hate it, actually. Actually, I don't hate it at all. Yeah. I think that I think the style is is great. Uh, I think that the people, and I assume that they're real workers, but I guess I have no way of knowing that for sure. They do a nice job with the job they are given, which is to stand, uh, look at the camera, um, and just give us a couple of little sly looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a wonderful job with that. Everybody's looking like they're posing for wedding photos yeah. is kind of the way to put that. And, and again, like you it and I... It leaves me with a good feeling about the product. Yeah, and you and I, you know, I know we can come down hard on companies like Amazon, but like we're not anti... Well, maybe you are. I don't know how much of a socialist you've become these days. But like, you know, if there is a company in a town that isn't breaking the town's back with uh, corporate tax breaks yeah. and is providing jobs. Yeah. And is providing a bunch of good middle class jobs. My God, that's the dream. And so, you know, uh, who knows what the details are for them? And it's you said Lynchburg. Is mm-hmm. that it? Um, so so I don't know. I think the problem with Amazon is they're they seem like they're the opposite here. Yeah, they create jobs, but they create jobs for a bunch of people that they bring in from outside as far as Seattle or, is or concerned. they create jobs but that are exploitative yes and then the ones that they're creating in places like Ohio or uh, what was that Santa not Santa Barbara Sacramento, uh, Sacramento. Um, you know those types of places they're taking advantage of the workers and they're taking advantage of I, I've been reading a little bit about um, an abandoned mall that had been abandoned for like a decade or something that was real it was real blight and a problem for a Cleveland area community and Amazon has now bought it and it's turning it into a fulfillment center which is great for jobs but um but they like just jacked speaking of jack i mean they just jacked the communities with tax breaks and everything that people are arguing 
they would have come here without those tax breaks yes. because this is a fulfillment center. If they are if they are going to achieve their goal of being able to do next day delivery for everybody or one day delivery they have for everybody, to be distributed. they have to be there. They needed yeah. this, and you're just letting you're letting them come in and act like watching white them extort towns and states mm-hmm. for tax breaks is infuriating. Yeah, yeah. So you grabbed your old uh, New Yorker article there. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we move on? I just couldn't read. I felt like there was something in there. Um, Cold and personal juggernaut uh, <laughs> does not promote. This is sort of interesting. Amazon has promoted themselves as like as a cold and functional, and that's and be, by putting the customer first, um, they encourage a person like me to not worry to to know that like if I put it if I order something from Amazon it'll be here tomorrow and like that's all that I need to worry about. So it's interesting to me that this ad is out right now because it suggests that they have found a limit to the degree to which consumers are willing to put up with that. Mm-hmm. And I think here, especially in Seattle, we see we saw a real um, backlash against Amazon trying to buy our elections, basically, mm-hmm. with by just like astroturfing and, and totally like picking the business friendly candidate and bankrolling them in the last in our last election. Mm-hmm. Well they I think what they do is they dump tons of money into the association that backed those candidates. Yeah, yeah. So but you know, essentially doing that. Um and so I think an ad like this is it won't surprise me if this is the first in a series of attempts uh to friendlify the Amazon image. It'll be interesting to see how well they do. Um, because uh, perhaps it is inevitable that its efforts to humanize itself would scan as stilted and generic, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, given that that's not really their forte. Friendlify. I made that up. It's kind of my role on the show <laughs> to make shit up. Uh, okay, let's get into another kind of fun example of using employees. And I believe these are real employees, although these could be actors. If they are actors, though, you should have gotten better actors. Could you hire actors to act not so great so that people believe they're not really actors? That's another show we did. Yeah. Real actors, not people. <laughs> uh, this is uh, from, I'm going to say probably like a decade ago or something. This is, because uh, I remember these series of ads. They were Southwest Airlines ads where they showed a bunch of airline employees like pilots and flight attendants. They did a ton of these. They did yeah. one where they kind of focused on the word ding, like the ding that oh, you hear yeah. in the in the plane, you know, when it's like seatbelts on or whatever, where they just, talk, again, cut to a bunch of employees. I mean, these are all like structured the same. Like it's just cut, cut, cut between different employees doing like little testimonials so they did one with employees talking about how they love the ding they did one with employees um just kind of facing the camera and talking about how much they love southwest this one i just thought was like hilariously nerdy and and corny this is the one that i saw the most um because i don't think they're talking about their jobs in this one they're just talking about how great uh your life can be if you fly around on southwest airlines and so you see all of these employees dressed in whatever uniform you know they would wear at their job only they're in like tropical locations and vacation beautiful vacation spots standing on the beach floating in a pool in their flight attendant dress and shoes right. uh, on a raft um and uh and also did you well there's a special appearance in this ad too that i never caught before we'll explain that in a second aruba jamaica now we can actually take it. To Costa Rica, Bahamas. Hi. Come on, pretty mama. Belize, 
Puerto Rico. People, why don't we go down to Mexico? We'll get there fast and you can take it slow. Anywhere you want to go, all the way down to Dominican Republic. Nice hit. Southwest is bringing our low fares to tropical destinations. Now, one of those employees, he looked like he might uh, work on the tarmac or something. I don't know. He was kind of wearing a, like a jumpsuit. Um, he says, nice hit at the end. He's standing on a beach, and there's a beach volleyball game going on in the background. And uh, the woman standing behind him hits the ball over the net and then high fives him. And he says, nice hit. I would have never known that's a famous person. But this YouTube video labels it as Chelsea Rashoff. Southwest Airlines commercial. So do you know who that is? I do not. She is a famous beach volleyball player. Oh, okay. Does not seem like such a weird celebrity cameo? Like, you could have literally gotten any person in a red bathing suit to hit this yeah. over the net, but they decided we're going to get the best beach volleyball player. It is but an it's Olympic kinda like, sport. Yeah. I mean, good, you know, good on them. I don't have any problems with that, obviously. It's just so funny to me because I would have, I've saw that commercial a million yeah. times. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you get Chelsea Rash off to shill for... Southwest. <laughs> well, I will say that, like, I like the commercial no more, but no less, knowing yeah. that information. How much do you like the commercial? <laughs> I like it. I think that they did a nice job getting employees who have uh, good, assuming that, again, that they're employees, uh, who have pretty good presence on screen. You know, the, the sort of the, the slightly twisted lyrics to Kokomo are kind of a kind of a corny, but but OK joke. Uh huh. Yeah, that song really gets in your head too. That's I know a, that's, that's an interesting uh, yes. tactic. Don't come up with your own jingle that gets stuck in your head, but just take a song from pop culture that, that gets stuck in that your head. That is an absolute earworm. I know exactly. You found another one here that I had never seen before. I think maybe we'll go out with this. I am weirdly charmed by this commercial. I actually was too. Were you too? And it's and and there's I don't no, know why. there's nothing about it that's particularly innovative, and yet I was. I will. T- I this is for a product called Legal Zoom. You probably heard of it. They're fairly well known. I thought, God, if I ever needed a lawyer, that'd be my yeah. first call. It and was so effective. Now they don't, and I think Legal Zoom. They're always careful in their language, right? Like they can help you with legal services, but they are not lawyers. In other words, you're not going to like get a lawyer. They don't become LegalZoom. your lawyer exactly. And then they can help you with certain like document. The type stuff of that stuff. like is just like so pro forma to mm-hmm. a lawyer. Um, you might be able to, my guess is, I don't know for sure, maybe listeners know and they can tell us. Maybe they can connect you with a real lawyer. Or maybe. Real lawyer. I, my understanding was like, uh, can you look over this contract? You know, how? You know, before I sign this contract, can you just take a look at it? As opposed to hiring an actual high-priced lawyer. So anyway, this commercial here, you just have, it's just a montage, very similar to some of these other ones we've been talking about. They're all just um, staring directly at the camera in various locations, pretty non Descript locations, some inside, some outside, uh, and they're just talking about working for LegalZoom. And at one point, well, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that after the commercial. One thing I like about this, but let me just hit play for now. Hi. 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 Howdy. Hi. Hello. Hi. My name is Brian. My name is Young. Peter. Mary. My name is Brooke. My name is Ethan. Cheyenne. Chris. And I am not a robot. And then they do the robot. I'm one of the real-life people. Ready to help you at LegalZoom. Whether it's for your business or your personal life. Don't let unanswered legal questions hold you up. Because we're here. We're here. We're here. And we've got your back. LegalZoom. Legal help is here. 
backed by a network of attorneys. And oh, they do, they're, not, they're careful not to identify themselves as attorneys. You see at the bottom in the small print, it says, LegalZoom is not a law firm or a substitute for the advice of an attorney. Attorney help is through a legal plan available in most states. So here's a good here's a definition just quickly that I pulled up. It's an online legal technology company that helps customers create an array of legal documents without having to necessarily hire a lawyer. I see. Documents like wills, living trusts, business forms. So yeah, like you were saying like fairly straightforward documentation and legal documents that a paralegal or someone with the right training and, and the ability to consult this network of attorneys could probably give you good advice about how to do it correctly but still falling short of like whatever uh like legal stuff comes into play when you actually hire an attorney right there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of laws that apply to someone who is your legal attorney yeah um the thing that i was starting to say um when we played this i I don't know exactly why i'm charmed by it the people are just charming they do a good job of cutting it together in a way and you mentioned when one of them said we're real people not robots they show a couple of them like kind of doing the robot dance just for a second and it's all chopped up pretty quickly but it's just sort of cute and you know that they asked all of these people okay now do a robot and some worked and some didn't but what i really like about it is when they're all just introducing themselves, just name, 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 one of them, you hear a pause, and one of them is just doing the robot, so and in- you don't know why yeah. at that point. Two seconds later, they say, we're not robots, yeah, and then it makes a, sense. That's a cute edit. I yeah, agree. I just like the way it's arranged, and again, they just picked really, um, I think, personable people yeah. to do this, because it's so straightforward. I mean, you could just line up a hundred commercials where people talk directly to the camera Mm -hmm. in fast succession like that and some are going to work and some aren't well i think this one works i do too um hey would you like to join me in a little place i call (laughs) andy's corner and now a few minutes with andy old man look at my life i consider myself to be an absolutely dead center normal average american my opinion that a great many women have one thing in common they spend too much time and money fooling around with their hair. I don't use foul language, and I don't like to hear anyone else use it either. It's a fancy bottle. I bet that bottle costs more than the water. When does a rainforest lose its virginity anyway? Oh, man, look at my life. All right, so this is where uh, I get on the mic and I just, you know, maybe rant or rave or offer my concerns about women spending too much time on their hairdos. Yeah, what are your um, thoughts on feminism? <laughs> um, but today I just want to take a quick second and say I'm really proud of us. Last week on the show, we were talking about um, ads for mostly workout equipment and some ads for like gyms. Uh, and it was sparked, the idea for that show was sparked by two current exercise equipment ads that are running fever pitch before the holidays, one for this mirror that you hang on the wall and you can sign up for live classes that you can take in your house, and then the Peloton commercial, which is a stationary bicycle, or as I referred to it on today's episode of TBTL, a motionless bicycle (laughs) and also an inline bicycle. (laughs) So, wow, that yeah. is, it's hard to get that wrong twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, 
But anyway, we're talking about this uh, current Peloton commercial that's running in heavy rotation. And just like last year's holiday commercial, it, it seems like they're going all in on one commercial that has one very specific story to tell. And it's this woman who um, receives a Peloton from her husband for Christmas. She starts a video diary, uh, like a vlog on her phone. She's so nervous. I'm so nervous. It's my first day, but I hope I do okay. Um, and we know how it ends. She makes I hope this- I know how to ride a bicycle. That doesn't, that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, motionless bicycle. <laughs> and then at the end, she um, shows her husband a year later uh, her video diary. Um, and it's taken so much heat. We were talking about it. We thought it was like really tone deaf. And it's now like I guess yesterday, today's Tuesday, yesterday, Monday, somebody tweeted about it and it just caught fire. And now there's just like the internet is outraged by this commercial and how tone deaf it is. Yeah. I had, let me Let me be clear. I called this. Yeah. And thank you to everyone on Facebook who agreed that we called this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, well, here, l- let me start with this. Um, this was one thing that went viral. This was a comedian uh, made a little very, very low budget video that she just taped herself. Her name is Eva Victor. She's a comedian, as I said. Uh, this is her redoing the commercial again. This is very low budget. You only see one of her hands at all times because you know she's just holding it herself. A Peloton? My husband got me a Peloton for Christmas. Nothing weird about that. Thank you. You get me. Okay, my first ride. I'm a little bit nervous, and rightly so, because my husband got me a fucking workout bike for Christmas, and that's rude. Let's go. Six days in a row. Are you surprised? I am, but my marriage is still intact. Let's get on the bike. 6 a.m. My husband is sleeping soundly next to me, but I couldn't sleep a wink because what kind of sociopath gets his wife a fucking stationary bike? Seriously, what the hell? What are you trying to say? I am so unhappy. (laughs) I hate my life. A year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Babe, I want a divorce. Did you like the video I made you, babe? Here, these are for you. Divorce paper. Sorry, yeah, nobody, you were a douche. So, <laughs> um, so the interesting thing about this, I, though, is hers is not the best take, but it is the fastest take. It is the fastest take because for me, I just I understand that a commercial can be problematic if a husband is getting his wife workout equipment of any kind with the implication that she needs to lose weight or get in shape or something. But that is not Just tighten. the way this stuff always goes. In fact, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I got a nice um, email from a listener of this show who was saying, you know, my husband got me a new rowing machine when my old one wore of out and got me a new know, bike. Of yeah. course, couples get each other things that they know they'll like. And if you, yes. ha- if, if you have a hobby and many people do would love a piece of exercise equipment, it's not that this. It's not that the act itself is so intrinsically wrong or, or passive aggressive, but for that to be, for them to tell the story in this way, and I really found the reporting out part of it to be the most problematic. Her telling the story yes. with her thing, yeah. The, the video diary. It felt like she was turning in her homework, mm-hmm. and I yeah. understand that's not what they intended. At the end, when she yes. presents it to him, I understand it's not what they intended, and I understand there's plenty of reasons why a a loved one might get another loved one uh, a piece of exercise equipment but I really think that uh, you had a bunch of like 
workout Nazis who made this ad and like couldn't understand how it would read to the rest of America. Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's something about the presentation at the end. I told Luke today because uh, that's how I realized this is kind of a national headline now. Not the most important national headline, but it's, you know, this was on CNN and uh, I think the Today Show I was reading Bloomberg about. Bloomberg covered it. it. Um, and, uh, and I Luke really hates Tom Brady in ways that are completely irrational at this point because he just built up this idea of what Tom Brady is like and right. the whole, like, fantasy life with Giselle. and then He won't eat a tomato. Exactly, exactly. It's all played into it. And I said to him, do you almost get, like, is this, like, sort of, like, triggering your Tom Brady <laughs> hatred a little bit? He's like, yes, it is. Like, both of these people are just, like, incredibly good-looking, um, you know. Rail thin. Rail thin adult. And this just, in the house is a big part of it, too. The Peloton commercial from last year, also look like very upper middle class, very comfortable, but it just wasn't as ostentatious. It At was the more end, suburban. they're watching this. Listen, people who make less money than us have much nicer TVs than us. I'm not trying to like TV shame, but like they sit down at the end to watch this giant big screen TV that's attached to the wall. It's all signaling. Yeah, It's all signaling. Their house is a modern masterpiece. Again, not that the couple from last year was like, you know, they weren't struggling, but all those little signals matter. Yeah. And they tell you something and they, and people are, uh, people do also have a hair trigger. So, and it also just takes the right person to frame something up who has the right number of followers mm-hmm. and frames it up just right and it hits at just the mm-hmm. right moment. Like, it's a bit of a crapshoot. I mean, Peloton yeah. got it this year. It could just as easily have been that those jerks who get each other or where they she gets like they get two trucks and she takes yeah. the black one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, the red one is better, by the way. Well, good thing the dude got it then, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I was just wondering, do you think what like do you think next week there will be a big thing on like the Amazon commercial? Or I just I, now I'm just like in the business. Oh, are of we kind of amazing? Like, I I just want to be a thinkfluencer. Yes, <laughs> indeed. What did I call it? Being a thinkfluencer. <laughs> I think yes, the I, of this I show. Think that's yeah. I think fluence. That's what she said. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Oh, man. If I can keep the mic here for one more second, Genevieve. I got a, a text from, or I'm sorry, a tweet from listener Bill. Actually, this was sent to me and Luke on TBTL. I gotta say, if you want to be worried about something, you got to be worried about Luke basically just kind of taking yeah. over our beat here because we've been all, talking about commercials. All, we ever, all non- I ever hear is, oh, we talked about this commercial on TBTL. Yes. Get your own beat. <laughs> um, and uh, Bill guys, sent this to me you, and Luke. Is your, ba- is your idea bank so empty that you have to go pull, like, pilfering in ours? Well, in my case, yes, sometimes, because sometimes like Luke will be talking about something and I don't know exactly where to go with it. And I'll be like, did you see that commercial? And it'll <laughs> give me something to talk about. Um, but uh, recently, I think it's because he, probably like a lot of other people, are watching more TV yes. during football season. So he's That's seeing totally commercials more. Um, but uh, listener Bill tweeted this at us and just said, hey, have you guys seen this one yet? And it's a Skittles commercial that is hilarious. And I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't seen this. This is great. This is going to blow up, like I said at the top of the show. And then I looked at the date on YouTube, 2009. And then I did – I was like, could this be right? And I started Googling around. Um, This is a – 
Well, you know what? Let me play the commercial before I start reading about it because for me, there's a reveal in here that I'm going to try to get the listeners to go along with me on. Have you seen this commercial, though, now that it's in front of you? You have no idea what's going to happen here? No. I mean, I have a little bit because I was reading some of the words about it. Yes, exactly. So, okay, take, take a listen to this. So uh, this is like some sort of a workplace lunchroom little drab little dreary there's a guy sitting by himself um at a table and then a guy comes in and it's really hard to describe what he looks like but he has a he has a crutch one of his arms is in a sling he's got a bandage on his head but he also looks like really furry like literally furry or ragged like things are coming off of him like he's literally falling apart and he confronts the guy who's sitting in the lunchroom he looks sort of goopy yeah, goopy. So he's struggling to get in through the door on his crutch and he confronts the worker. Is this what you are looking for? He throws down a bag of chocolate-flavored Skittles. Which, to me, that's the thing that I didn't know existed. Yeah, right? So he throws down this bag of chocolate-flavored Skittles and... What do they taste like? Like a Tootsie Roll? I assume they're kind of like a jelly belly when you get like, you know, a chocolate flavor or something. Uh, And the guy who he's confronting looks very guilty. And all of the co-workers are staring at this confrontation. Is this what you are looking for? New chocolate flavored Skittles? I'm really sorry. What did you think was going to happen, Stephen? Did you think you were going to hit me with that bat and little chocolatey candies would come pouring out? And now you suddenly realize he looks all furry and falling apart because he's a pinata. He's a human pinata. He's a human pinata who's all beat up because this guy was going to town on him with a baseball bat hoping that he would shoot candy out of his body. Yes. I have to buy my Skittles downstairs. Like everybody else! (laughs) I'm just like everyone else! Chocolate the rainbow! Taste the rainbow. I don't want chocolate Skittles. But that That commercial is is great! I have to buy my Skittles downstairs. (laughs) Like everybody else! There's something about the downstairs part of that line that is exactly (laughs) like it it situates you so much in this office building. Yes, I feel like a lesser writer would have said from the vending machine. But like you know, you can picture it. Yes. You can totally picture it. So this is. They're so good at that absurdist humor. So this is uh, from... I'm surprised this didn't hit. Maybe the candy's real bad. Maybe, but it says here, I am looking at um, an article from 2009 uh, from the Inspiration Room that says, Pinata, a television commercial for Skittles chocolate mix, has been consistently winning awards since its launch in March of 2008. The most recent was a gold award at the Clio Awards. Just because so something won a Clio doesn't right. mean that it was in heavy rotation. No, not at all. Not at all. That's just playing to the to the industry. Um, the 45-second spot features a man dressed up like a pinata, uh, blah, 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 blah. We've already seen it. So um, the uh, actor, Sean Donnellan, um, that, uh, he kind of plays a character that's kind of like the elephant man, they say. So anyway, uh, I love that commercial. Who Bill, that? thank you for Bill, sending it you. in. Yeah. Um, it's just so good. i got to try these chocolate Skittles. I bet they're disgusting. Yeah, why do you want to try them? I just want to. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, it's this commercial made me want to try them. I mean, it's an interesting idea, right? Like, 
it's so it's a candy that's so associated with a particular texture mm-hmm. and and like uh, bright flavors. Um, it's just I would like to know what their interpretation of chocolate is. Yeah, I don't like I I like you know I like what I like as far as Skittles, and I don't want to taste the ch- I don't like the taste of chocolate enough to eat it with this any more than I want to eat a chocolate banana or a chocolate apple. You know, like. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I like Skittles. And this Skittles. scenario is the chocolate apple, like an apple, like a chocolate, like a piece of chocolate that's like No, but like, like something that apple. something that is the consistency and texture of an apple. Oh, Because this will have the consistency and texture of a Skittle, right? I guess so. Like having a piece of chocolate. These but I thought like, like Tootsie Roll might be a good, because they're chewy. Yeah, maybe. I like those. I love one of my favorite candies of all time. I don't eat like a lot of candy, right? Like, oh, see, that's your problem. Me. That's your first um, mistake. Purple bag Skittles. Yeah, I know you like those. Love them. I don't think those are tropical. What is the purple bag it's Skittles? Like berry something. Yeah, wild berry. I think. Sorry, I just want to see what the internet says about the chocolate Skittles. Uh, you can get them on Amazon, of course. We got to stop shopping at Amazon so much. I know. Uh, this weekend was a good example. I really wanted to get um, some safety gear for my new rollerblading activities. <laughs> um, is it better or worse when I say it like that? I think worse. Okay. Uh, um, and it would have been very easy for me to go on Amazon and just do next day yeah. delivery, wrist guard, knee uh, elbow, but I, you know, it was more work. We found a place in Seattle that's an inline skating shop. I, we took the bus there, like yeah. good little liberals. Um, and so I just want to start doing more of that. I want to start relying on delivery uh, less and less. Um, I'm looking for a review. Uh, ooh, well, I'm not going to read that, but some um, some pretty uh, strong opinions against chocolate skittles in some of these headlines here. Let's put it that way. All right. Uh, do we have anything else? Yeah, we had, oh, this from listener Michael who says, this ad is even before my time and I am old. It's a good thing, though, because I would have bugged the hell out of my parents for this toy. You are witnessing one of the most exciting inventions of a lifetime. Jimmy Chet, the amazing new toy that puts you in the pilot seat. The throttle makes Jimmy Jet slow down or speed up. Jimmy Jet, with the exciting moving picture screen, makes you feel you can fly, fly, fly. <laughs> Jimmy Jet, sold at food markets only. Sold at food <laughs> markets only, <laughs> as Michael only. points out. So this toy is like it's a small little plastic cockpit right. with, a, with levers and a steering wheel. And then you're staring at like a little little TV screen in the middle of the console and what's happening is they have some sort of a scroll of yeah. a of a picture of like aerial shots of, a of city. the ground of, yeah. the, of a city and then there's like this little plastic airplane that you can see the stick yeah. and you can just steer it from left to right left to right and I know I had some toy that had that kind of scrolling technology behind it but I can't remember what it was well I bet that toy is like super when you were if you were a kid of that era. Yeah, I bet even back then, like it was fun for the first five minutes and then never again. Maybe whatever my scrolling thing was, it was a very similar concept. Like, you know what? You know what mine was? It was a 
it was some sort of a car on a street and you had to kind of keep the plastic car on the street but the thing just kept rolling it was yeah. the same thing same, over and over same technology but I remember to the degree that I can remember it at all I remember really liking that thing so anyway that's pretty cool um, and then oh this is just from uh, a listener Mike a different listener Mike that was Michael before um, saying recently I was in the Philadelphia airport kind of jet lag sleep deprived and I heard the beginning of a song play over the terminal speakers it went like this Everybody is talking at me. I can't <laughs> sing it. I don't hear a word they're, they're saying. saying. Only, Only the echoes of my mind. Uh, he said, my first thought was, oh, the airport is playing the new episode of ATM. That's nice. <laughs> Airports should play after these messages. Yeah, we should, I we think should so. see if there's any sort of partnership deal we can get going with airports to just like play our show. I mean, I have been in airports where they were playing much more irritating things in the... Um, you know, like the the news they force you to listen to in the uh, like oh at the God, gates. Were they blasting that. Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't everyone rather listen to ATM in that scenario? I think so. I I think they would. I think this show is better, not than a lot of things, but than whatever like celebrity news pablum they're serving up at gate C seventeen. Um, we are, we do have this going for us. We're the number one show in hospitals and on sinking <laughs> riverboat casinos. <laughs> That's one of my favorite drops. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, Vives, how can people get at us? They can get at us on the Facebooks. Welcome to our two new members. I just approved you today. It's so great to have people continue to join. Um, you can call us uh, at 607-444-5597 or email us at after these messages show at gmail. Again, that's 607-444-5597. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Man, porn star riding on a unicorn, undercover cop, and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform. Hella years ago, BC, you better be informed. If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it.